What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode, a very special episode of Beers and. Today, we're going to be talking about Beers and Christmas. Woo! What's your favorite Christmas song? Oh, that's actually a very easy one. It's the only one I'll listen to. It is uh, Please Come Home for Christmas, but the Eagles version. Really? Yep. Huh. It's the only one. And I'll listen to it a thousand times on repeat. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh. What about yours? Well, the favorite one is Christmas Wrappings by the Waitresses. I don't... I probably know bah, it. Humbug, but that's too strong because oh, yeah. it is my favorite holiday. Wait, that's who, that, that's who sings that? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I had uh, no otherwise, idea. the one I've been listening to on repeat is Mamacita... Donde esta Santa Claus? I okay. want to see him now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Love it. You know, I, I actually like will admit that I love um, Dominic the Donkey. I have such mixed feelings about it. Sometimes, yeah, but there, but when it comes on, I find myself like, hee-haw, hee-haw, like an idiot. Like, yes, I think I Dominic. just I get so triggered by the fact that they're like, the label on the inside says it's made in Brooklyn. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, is this what we're reduced to? You can rhyme anything if you put the right emphasis on the right syllable. It's, tr- it's true. I always remember we had a teacher in middle school whenever we pronounced something wrong. He would always go, hook it on Pahonics, work it for <laughs> me. Brian Regan. Oh, it is? That's a Brian Regan bit. Yeah. Oh. Oh, here I am thinking that he was just was like. That, was that Mr. C? It was Mr. C. It was 100% yeah, Mr. C. Yeah. Hook That's... it on Pahonics, work it for me. That is freaking great. Oh, man. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to another episode of Beer's End. As always, I'm joined by my buddy, Nick. My name is Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Nick. It's good to be here. It is very good to be here. Uh, we are going to be drinking today, keeping with the theme of Christmas, a Christmassy beer. I'm excited for it. It actually has, uh, and this is how you could tell it's Christmas-oriented, red, white, and green lights stripped across the front of it. You know what I like about it is that I'm just wondering if it's supposed to reflect those, you know, those like really like cheap holiday lights that they have now where you just put it on your lawn and it just looks like coronavirus is being just like (laughs) speckled on your house yes fucking hate it you're talking about the um the projectors yeah hate it i actually like those oh because i'm i'm really lazy so like any anything i can do to get out of work i will do and i will put those i'll put like eight of those in front of my house hate them Really? Hate oh, them. That's sad. For years, my parents wound up like acquiescing and going ahead and buying those like inflatable. Yeah. So for years, they had this inflatable like nativity scene that I always said, I was like, guys, I was like, it just looks so tacky. I was like, it's so one year, the wind was particularly bad and it must have like kind of like blown away and then like I guess popped or whatever and I'll never forget is that I got a phone call from my parents they're like did you unhook the nativity scene from the front lawn I was like no why and they're like because we know how much you didn't like it at all I was like (laughs) 
no, I wouldn't have done that to you. Like, how much of a heathen do you think I am? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That my parents have yeah. that low regard for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because wow. I feel like my parents would say the same thing. Yeah. Like, did you do this? We know you didn't like this very much. Did you do this? Yeah. Did you do this? No. I don't break all things I don't yeah, like. Yeah. I'm not the worst child. I'm up there. You still have my sister. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, I didn't even say what kind of beer we were drinking. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally, uh, it totally no, no, took you off. It's okay. So this one is actually from a, a brewery that I love. I don't think you've had anything from them. Their name is Abomination Brewing. Um, they're really, really, f- I don't know if they're famous, but one of their more well-known lines is called Wandering the Fog or Wandering into the Fog. Oh, you and know what? Now that you've said it you've seen for that? the second or third time, I feel like I am. I have at least seen the... I have seen them in the store. Christina always says the that the label, this one doesn't, but the label always looks like Game of Thrones-esque. Yes. Now that you say it, absolutely. And I think it's the, the yes. lettering and you know their picture, but whatever. But that Wandering the Fog is uh, a very highly acclaimed hazy IPA. I'm excited and for it. And it comes in a bunch of different like variants, all sorts of different hops. This one is called Gingerbread Fog. Ooh, I like it. It's a DDH double dry hopped. Um, double IPA with spices, and I assume gingerbread spices. Yeah, so it's probably a little bit of cloves, a little bit of cinnamon, some yeah ginger I'm flavor in there. Not a big fan of clove and beer, but if it's in there, oh, I love a good we'll, clove. Uh, we'll see. I don't have any brew news, and we don't have any party fouls. Not yet. So let's get into the question. We'll get there. Oh yeah, what is the question? When did you stop believing in Santa Claus? Can you remember? Not particularly, because I don't think it was a, a very like detro like a detrimental it moment. It for wasn't me. all of a sudden. No, and you know what the reason was? Uh, so I am the eldest uh, cousin, and every year, you know, one of my uncles on like Christmas Eve would, or you know, or my father would always like dress up then as Santa and come to the. Um, you know, and show up for us, for us kids. And very early on, I had realized like, okay, this is one of my uncles or this is my father. And I think that that kind of always like stuck in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I ever had like a, oh my goodness moment, or I don't at least remember like my parents ever sitting down and talking with me about him not being like real we should probably have a trigger warning at the beginning of this just in case anybody is <laughs> i know some of your buddies might uh, be listening to this with their kids in the car yeah or, they're, so, uh, they're too young it's okay life is going to be full of disappointments this is the ver- one of the very first ones you need to grapple with i always we don't argue about it but we have this conversation where like i'm not of the camp of thought that we should lie to our I don't future be- children. I don't believe in it either. I don't think no, you should. I think we should it, no. no, I think we should just tell them. Yeah, I I agree with you very much. I think same thing as you too. There was never really a defining moment where I was like, "Oh, Santa's not real." Yeah, but when I I remember being like eight or nine, and someone in school made a comment, and that was when I kind of started to question it. Yeah, could you know third grade whatever, but then I think actually my parents did have the talk with me. Oh, if really? I'm not mistaken, yeah. And maybe it was 11 or 12, but I think I had already given up, not given up hope, you know, yeah. stopped believing at that point. Um, huh. But yeah, same thing. Yeah, I don't. I was going to say, yeah, I don't think I had. It was interesting because I think, I know that I had one year where something kind of, I thought, like magical kind of happened. So like my, my um, 
my one grandfather, my Papa Lou, his gift to me every year was always a Hess truck. I used, I got a I, I got have, those for a while too. Every year I've got the entire nineties, you know, from ninety through <laughs> two thousand. Um, but that was his gift every year. And he had passed away in I wanna say it was February or March of ninety seven. Mm. And I remember that year for Christmas then, so Christmas of ninety seven, got a Hess truck and the card I don't know if it was like a repurposed card in retrospect or whatever it was, but had been like in his handwriting. Mm. And I remember that was like, ah, yeah. right. so like, I don't know if that, you know, undid some of that thought process or whatever it was, but yeah, nothing like terribly detrimental, you know, mm. by any means. But yeah, I agree. Don't, don't, don't lie to the kids. No. You yeah, can teach I them that they should. Santa's a symbol. I always yeah. I always joke about it with my uh, with my class about you know not lying to to kids when we talk about like what you expose them to sure uh, on television and whatnot and so for years when I was working at the radio station I was there very you know early in the morning so by the time I would come home you know it'd be late after you know I'm sorry uh, late morning early afternoon and when I would have lunch I would have the news on my mother was babysitting at the time so the kids would be at the house. And I would refuse to not have on the news. I would watch the news. Didn't care if there were young kids in the house. And uh, their 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 mother, um, referred to her as Maitia. Maitia had come to me at one point. She was like, can you do me a favor? I was like, yeah, what's up? She was like, can you not watch the news with the kids in the room anymore? And I was like, well, why? And she was like, well, I really don't know how to explain Israeli-Palestinian relations to my eight-year-old. I was like, well, if you don't want to talk about apartheid with your kids, then that's on you. But I'm not going to be the one to go ahead and shelter them from the realities of the world. You know, I shelter myself from the news because it's always like, it's always something sad. It's always a hate crime or oh well i don't watch homicide or this wasn't even like luckily i, I don't watch i don't want well and i don't watch any of like the the cable 24-hour news network says i don't believe Smart. in that shit no this is like the al jazeera news hour like let's gotcha. let's go around the world and see what's happening and then we're gonna show you something else I for gotcha. a little bit yeah so a couple of episodes ago you in jest called me the grinch i did and i realized the dichotomy now or the juxtaposition in doing an episode where you seem to be quite jovial so but i actually am the grinch when it comes to the holidays why because i am over christmas in the sense of i'm very cynical and i really do believe it's a hallmark holiday i was just gonna say that the materialism is yeah i'm i'm fucking Ghostly, not Ghastly. a capitalist fan. No, I'm not a Hallmark holiday fan. No, you know. Luckily, I I don't know, and maybe I'm I'm projecting. I don't think that a lot of us are surrounded by folks like that. Fortunately enough, meaning mm -hmm. that like uh, you know, I don't exchange gifts with every single person right. that I see. You know, we're at the point now where even with like my family. My parents turned around to my sister and I a couple of years ago and they were like, what if we went on vacation instead of doing like gifts? Sounds great. So for the past couple of years, they spring for a vacation, nice. you know, uh, 
I contribute something to that vacation. My sister contributes something to that vacation. And that is the Messina family holiday. That's cool. Because we care about the most important thing for us, stockings. You give mm. us chocolate, give us gum, give us scratchers. You know, at this pigs point. Pigs and shit. At, at 31, yeah. I want the socks. I like the socks. I want the socks. I give want me the a socks. good pair. Give me something functional. Give me the shampoo. Give me, yep. Give me the deodorant. Give me the socks. I'll take it all. And that just means I don't have to buy it. My favorite was that one year I had asked for a um, cast iron skillet. That's a great gift. Got the cast iron skillet. The year after that, without asking, I was given a larger cast iron skillet. The year after, my mother calls me and goes, do you need a cast iron skillet at all? I go, Ma, I am not packing up the Conestoga and heading west. I go, I don't need any more cast iron at all. And they're he- those sons of guns are heavy, bro. I've got I've got the Dutch oven now as well. That's heavy too. It's, I think your your radiator's yelling at us. My radiators, yeah, they're Radiator. they're clicking on real Radiator. quick. We're not gonna get we're not going down not, this we're path. We're not gonna again. get into it again. No, not again. Damn it. It's the holidays. You're right, I'm sorry. We shouldn't be so controversial. What I we like, should do is celebrate over beverages. I like this color. We should. Cheers. Do we get any? Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm so I know sorry. you were going to ask me. I like how we both wanted, managed to take just very teeny tiny little baby sips then as a result you of know, that. The sip but I got was very, okay. So, so did I. I did not get any gingerbread spices in the nose. No. It, it, I'm all. getting pretty much just the, the, the wheat from the, the double hop, but. Oh, they're there. Yeah, but I feel like in such a nice and smooth, it's very subtle, balanced sort of way. Yeah. yeah. Is there Whoa. any? Wait. There any? What? Like fruit? No. Really? This is straight IPA with spices. Beautifully done. So, um, what were you? Yeah. Just take a swing. What do you think the ABV is? All right. Give me two seconds. Let me just think. Take, yeah. Take mm. a shot in the dark, sir. I'm very interested to see what you have to say. I'm going to say it's like a 7.2. 9.1. Whoa, hello. Yep. That'll make your, your holidays cheery and bright. Okay. So wow. I actually, my phone's not recording today. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna use it to look up the hops in this because I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I'm very curious. It, it's, I feel like there's a decent amount of some of those uh, celestial, uh, not celestial, uh, like continental so hops I'm getting. The... And I'm surprised because it is subtle, but the amount of gingerbread spice that I'm getting from this is very pleasant. It is because sometimes that flavor, I think, can be overwhelming. It can be. Yeah. Sometimes spices in anything can be Because I'm not a fan. I like subtle gingerbread. I like homemade gingerbread where it's something that's like controlled. Like I don't like gingerbread houses that are like prefabbed if you will they'd never taste good no they don't i think it's too much and it's really dry too i don't like a dry biscuit Ew, no no i'm I... s- sorry i'm trying to look this up right now i couldn't find it on untapped oh i didn't have the information but i'm gonna find it but like holy cow i even i'm actually blown away by the amount of flavor that you get out of the spices, but it's not overpowering it's and not. it's not overpowered by the, the beer either. This is a really, really good choice for this episode because you know what it is? I don't think that there's anything terribly, for lack of a better term, 
kitschy about it. No. We're like, this is something where a week before, even a week after Christmas, I would say it would be appropriate to still have one of these or offer someone one of them um, without it seeming... Again, like if somebody offered me like eggnog the first week of January, I'd be like, absolutely not. Yeah, like, no. no, that's going to be a hard no. This, very, very nice. I, I like am really blown away by this. Like I didn't know what to expect. I've had um, some of this line before, you know, Wandering the Fog, but I've never had the, the gingerbread one. And I, I really, really love this, actually. Was I, did I make... No, I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I couldn't tell. You know, something we didn't even mention is uh, right in front of us, we have a little snack. Oh, yeah. What uh, do we got over here? So uh, Christina and I made, it's called Christmas Crack. Lovely. Yeah, uh, it is. It's really simple. It's just saltine crackers on a baking sheet. Melt some brown sugar and some butter. Oh. Literally just pour it on top. And let it harden. Yeah. And then uh, while it's in the oven, after a couple of minutes, throw some chocolate chips on top. I was told that there was bacon in here originally. So there was. And then you... That was a that was a uh, chef's choice. And then you picked and, off the, and then the bacon I before it, it got well, here. It never actually made it onto the, uh, the crack. Oh. The bacon never made it on the crack. All right. But I chopped it up and I was like eating it along with it. Yeah. Holy God, man. Holy God. I'm, I'm going to have some. Go for it. I'm going to try and not chew right in the microphone. So please excuse uh, excuse my chewing. What um, I do have to ask you, what are your feelings on Panettone? Oh, I love Panettone. Thank you. You hear that? <laughs> We've had an audience today for quite some time. We have. Uh, yeah. I love Panettone. You know what is really good? The light of my life. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, though. He's not wrong. But Panettone is really good made into French toast. Yes. Yes. It's, it's so good that way. I have to buy the mini ones now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's just enough. Nick doesn't like them. Oh, you haven't clearly, heard. Clearly. Oh, you, you haven't heard? I mean, I heard. Non si piace. <laughs> Not a big fan of the old that, panettone. That's what that means? No, no, was it? Non si piace? Non si piace. He doesn't non like it. Piace. Yeah. He doesn't like it. Yeah. That's great. Oh, goodness. So we've got, we, I think this particular topic mm -hmm. is very wide. Very wide. So I'm a little curious as to how we managed to, uh, you know, kind of separate some of this uh, information. I really wanted to know, because Christmas is probably the most widely spread, um, celebrated holiday. In the United, would you say? In the United States, in particular, yes, I do believe that a majority of Americans do Definitely. celebrate some form of Christmas. Right, be maybe it, not necessarily the the Christian, you know, the Catholic. Yeah, the Christian view. holiday. Yeah, but I, I what I found was close to sixty countries celebrate some form or origin of Christmas. Oh, that's actually still a little bit lower than I would have. You thought there would, I would see, I would have thought there would have been less. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought, oh, I thought no. There you been see, less. well, I guess, you know, I'm going to exclude probably a majority of 
probably African nations and probably majority of like Asian nations as well. I would assume yeah, there that weren't a, too many. Yeah, I would assume most of North America, most of South America, and probably most of Europe, I would assume do. Um, well, yeah, which I guess probably is about 60 countries. Okay, so you know what? That 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 tracks. I got to say this this Christmas crack is amazing. I'm going to have to go in. I'll, I'll go in for one halfway through, something tells me. Like it's literally just sugar, but there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Mm-mm. And it's Christmas. Before we dive in mm-hmm. all the way, do we want to? You know what? No, let's let's we'll, we'll give a rating a little bit we'll later. Do a on. little Christmas talk. Okay. Um, just so we're eating dessert, right? We can call this dessert. Yeah, I think so. I'm a huge um, Christmas dessert fan, and hang on one second. You keep talking. <laughs> okay, I'm a huge Christmas dessert fan, and uh, it's actually like kind of hard for me to nail it down to just one. Like I'm a big cookies guy. Um, my aunt always goes like all out and makes uh, really, really awesome cake, like homemade cake. But what she really does is she goes like super into it and makes like a ridiculous amount of cookies. So every Christmas season, my aunt, I don't even know how long this takes her, God bless her, but makes cookies for the entire family and not just one type of cookie. I mean like five, six, oh, seven, yeah. eight types of cookies. You know, like the layer cookies. We've talked about seven layer cookies. I love love those. Those are my favorite. Snowballs. Okay. The little, uh, they're like almond cookies, I guess. Yeah. Um, she makes thumbprint cookies. Ooh. She makes the ones that are sandwich and there's jelly in the middle and they're dipped in chocolate on the end with the sprinkles. You were just telling me about we these. We were talking about those. Yeah. yeah she makes those. Um, she makes like uh, chocolate peppermint cookies that oh, are amazing. I'm such a bitch for I those. I love chocolate mint. So do I. Oh, Actually, man, you so know good. what? Like the Andes mints. You mean like these? Oh, like those. Oh, I've never seen them in white and red. Are they Neither have red? I. This is from uh, this is from a coworker of mine. Oh, they are white and red. Yeah, that is. So Look at weird. that. How ironic that you just managed to go ahead and bring Isn't them up. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? That is weird. It's funny. That's throwing me for a loop. Right? Mm-hmm. I like the the black and green. Chocolate oh, yeah. Green. It's funny you mention it, though, because my, my aunt's uh, mother, uh, for years, for years, she would do the same thing. She would cookies. make... And, dude, the, 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 the tray of cookies was huge. And same thing. There was no less than half a dozen to a dozen different types of... Of cookies. Wow. I have no idea. Same thing. How she managed to... That's all day. Do them all day. It would. T- day. It had days. to have taken multiple yeah. days. days. She was She was great for it. Mrs. Steiner, we miss your cookies. <laughs> we do. Honestly, it's one of my favorite parts of the holidays. Yeah. The, the desserts. The desserts. And I'm not even a big sweet guy. Like, you're, you're much more adverse to very sweet things than I am. Ooh. But I'm not like a dessert guy. Well, let me tell you then, in that case, I made a gingerbread like cake mm-hmm. with cranberries oh, you recently said that. Oh, that i awesome. just had a piece a little piece earlier this morning and i remembered like it's very sweet is it yeah. it is super sweet yeah because i made a little like orange glaze to go on top Ooh. just to break things up a little bit cranberry and orange the best two of the most that's what nick just brought me home last night too cranberry orange cranberry orange pound cake Ooh, absolutely Mm. Mm, mm, I love mm, the muffins mm. from Shoprite. Oh, yeah, 
I could house those muffins. I like the fact that we have also not discussed one goddamn thing that we both did research on by any means. No, not at all. No, because why, you're talking about what's most we? important. Right, right. Why would we? No. Here's a little bit of information that I found. Please. Jingle Bells was the first song played in space. Oh. Yeah. So the crew of NASA's Gemini 6A space flight. Mm-hmm. They made history when they played Jingle Bells on December 16th, 1965. In fact, they earned a Guinness World Record for it. The first song played in space. Huh. Then I was like, oh yeah, what was the first Christmas song? I was so curious. What did you find? I didn't find that because what I actually found, what I thought was more interesting, Jingle Bells was actually an original Thanksgiving song. Yes, that I knew. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, okay. well, I had no idea. It was actually written by a Unitarian Church organist. Um, his name was James Lord Pierpont mm-hmm. in the 1850s in Savannah, Georgia. And for the first time it was performed was at his church. Oh. Yeah. Huh. I did not know that Jingle Bells was not a Christmas song. Yeah, that one I did That one I did know because they talk about, like, um, again, um, like, Going to grandmother's house and things along those lines. Um, yeah, that one I, I guess I really haven't listened to the lyrics in a long time. No, like I know them now that I'm thinking about them. But jingle bells, jingle bells. That's all we care about. No more fun it is around you. Yeah, yeah. Over the hills we ride, laughing all the way. Ha 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 ha. We used to do those in like choir. Remember? Oh my god. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, so funny. We're wasting our childhoods away with singing fucking songs. Terrible. Well, no, I don't think it's bad that we sing songs. I feel like that's that's integral to a tra- part I, of childhood. I could but... have been learning about taxes. You wouldn't have... Or balancing a checkbook. You wouldn't... First of all, you don't use a checkbook because none of us You're do. Right, it's all done just... online. And even if you learned about taxes, you wouldn't know how to do them to begin with because they're so complicated on <laughs> You're purpose. Absolutely right. Yeah, I know. Listen, <laughs> to all the boomers out there saying, I don't understand why we didn't learn taxes. It's because you wouldn't fucking do them without H&R Block to begin with. All right? Sorry. I'm sorry. Ooh, no, you're right. You're right. Let me tell you. I just got a little Christmas angry. You're the Grinch today. <laughs> I think you're the Grinch. Gonna blame it on the beer coming out of the fog. This is phenomenal, by the way. This is delicious. What would you rate it? I'm gonna give it a at least a four point three. Like Ooh, I, I'm saying, it is a, it is really nice. I like the balance of flavor. There's there's because. It's got a full mouth taste. Mm-hmm. I'm getting something all the way through. I'm not getting um, hit with the bitterness of the double dry hop. The gingerbread spice is so evident, nice. but it is so subtle and well balanced with everything. Like I said, I'm picking up a little bit of a sweetness. Um, there that is a sweetness. Is, but like a fruitier sort of uh, yeah, no, I get sweetness it too. to it. I think that this I is. I think that's the hops. It could also be the 9.5 ABV that we've established right now that I'm really saying like, ah, this is a delicious beer. No, it's it's very good. It is. Um, yeah. Wow, I'm lower than you. Really? Surprisingly. What are you going You're for? really high on this beer, which I'm very happy about. I'm going to say 4.2. I'm right there with you. Okay. But I'm just not as high as you. And I'm I'm actually happier <laughs> you're... you're I think it's Great rare that I come in. I come in higher on than an you IPA. This. For sure. Yeah, I think yeah. this is very, it's, very it's a well really done. Good one. Uh, very like, well done. We're we're not underselling it. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> Tiny Tim. That's yep. Tiny Tim. I know stuff. So 
you went for Jingle Bells in terms of uh, some of these Christmas carols. I looked up some information on White Christmas. The song. The song, White Christmas. It started with the song. So the song was first written by Irving Berlin, who happened to be Jewish, interestingly enough. Okay. In fact, a number of Christmas carols Interesting. were written by Jewish composers. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but he had written it for a musical that was actually never produced. It was later adapt, uh, adopted by Hollywood for a film called Holiday Inn uh, in 1942, which had starred Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire. Not Ludacris and Chingy? No. Oh. No. Oh, okay. Was that another movie? No, that was a song. Holiday Inn. Oh, nothing chilling at the Holiday Inn. Yeah. I'm hip. <laughs> Very. So back to Bing Crosby. Anyway. For, back to Bing yeah. Crosby. Nice segue into being hip. <laughs> so the, like I said, the song was then performed uh, for the movie in 1942. It wound up winning the Academy Award for best original song um it topped the charts in 1942 after spending 11 weeks at the top of the list it did again hit the number one spot on the billboard list in 1945 and in 1946 making it the only single with three separate runs at the top of the charts oh wow uh the version interestingly enough that we're most familiar with was actually recorded in 1947 because the original master had been damaged because it was reproduced so many times. No way. Yep. And it is the most recorded Christmas song of all time. There are over 500 different versions wow. of White Christmas. Wow. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'll be the first one to tell everyone that Christmas music is way overplayed. I, and we only listen to it for like a month. I love Christmas music because I have control over it. Meaning, I only listen to Christmas music maybe three times, four times throughout the course of the holiday season. When I'm decorating. Okay. That's a good one. Maybe when I'm like wrapping gifts. Another and good one. maybe when I'm doing some baking and that's, oh shit. Good for and you. that's it. Good for you. Yeah. We, when I worked at Costco, Oof. we listened to it from, I'm pretty sure from Black Friday. Oh my God. And sometimes even beforehand, we would start it. And I, man, Lord help me. I never knew why. But like, I'm sure you're familiar with that because you used to work at Old Navy. Oh my God. I hated it. PTSD for you. I hated it after a while. Do you, yeah. what's your least favorite Christmas song? It's. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna make some. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna make some. Uh, what is some it? enemies from this one? It's Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. Really? Yes. Okay. Because it's way overplayed. Like, okay. Like whenever I see the memes about it, you know, like me on me on uh, November thirtieth, and oh. then me on December first, and it's Mariah Carey. Like, oh. yeah. No. No. You stop. You stop it right now. Dear Ms. Carey. Please stop. Please stop. St full stop. <laughs> Signed sincerely. Christmas Shoes. I think I know that song. Oh my God. But actually, that's one, one of the ones I like more. Really? Yeah. It's a song about someone's mother like dying from cancer. Oh, I guess I never noticed that. Yeah. Oh. 
You know what? I should really start listening to. We lyrics. need a new Christmas song. What are you thinking about? <laughs> Well, I'm thinking about, uh, uh, um, um, let's see, a mother with a terminal illness. Let's make it tragic. Uh, let's make it really sad. Oh, let's say that the father is dead, too, and that the son wants the mother to dance with the father in heaven. This sounds like a, a not great idea for a Christmas song. No! Because she is dying to <laughs> dance with my father. Get Shut up. Shut up. Speaking of Christmas songs... You know the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas? On the first day of Christmas, my true love. You know, right? Yeah. Okay. If you gave all of the gifts listed in that song to someone for 12 days, that person would end up with 364 gifts. Oh, one for each day of the year. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Except for Except a lot of them are going to be partridges in a pear tree and... Only 12. Turtle doves. Only 12. Only 24. It'd only be 12 partridges. What's what's the last one? 12. Lords uh, are leaping. No. no, it's 10. 10 lords. Uh, 11 pipers piping. 11 piping. pipers piping. 12. Something a plenty? Nah. Geese a plenty? I don't know. Now I got to know. Should we use the Google? 10 lords are leaping. Nine ladies dancing. Everything else is Eight, easy. I, can, I don't remember twelve. Seven, seven. Whoa! What is the twelfth one? Hold on, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna find. I'm out gonna right say now. it's geese a plenty. No, I don't think that's right. No. No, it's. Uh, oh, believe it or not, the first thing that came up was an Amazon poster. Oh, shocking! Thanks, Bezos. Thanks, wait, what? Daddy Bezos. Twelve. Oh no, that's not right. The, this is a cat's Christmas. Sorry. <sighs> Hold on, hold on. Google's really letting us down right about now. Stall. Good, All good job. I want for Christmas is Guys, you. I'm going to find this, and I'm going to find this within the next five seconds. Twelve drummers drumming. Twelve drummers drumming. That's what it is. Come, they told me. So anyway, 364 gifts from that song, if you were to give someone everything that you're supposed to on the 12 days. I don't enjoy anybody nearly enough to give them 364. Hell no. I think and I that, love my fiance. I think that my presence is more is than enough. gift enough? More than enough. You know, they say never look a gift horse in the mouth. Yep. It's not the same thing. Not the same thing. Okay. So let's let's talk about some weird things for Christmas. Sure. Can I tell you real quick about uh, some of kind of going along with your going? Oh, you sure can. Santa's reindeer. Most important Santa would never be able to get around They're females doing what he does. That I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that Rudolph isn't because even in the movie, in I the stop motion, he falls in love with another. I think somewhere, I read somewhere recently that male stags, yeah. their horns fall off during the winter and only the females remain. Oh, I didn't know that. I was actually just going still for the myth aspect of things. I wasn't I actually going for that. reindeer. No, it's a real thing. Oh, yeah. yeah fact check that. I I'm, check I'm curious. That. That's a real thing. So if anything, though, what I did look up um, was that, so the names and the number of reindeer have changed over the years, though the version that we're most familiar with came about in 1823 uh, oh, wow. in Clement Clark Moore's poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas. So in that version, Donner and Blitzen were actually called Dunder and Blixem, which are the colloquial New York Dutch for thunder 
and lightning. Oh, shoot. Then uh, there was L. Frank Baum's The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Uh, that was from 1902. And in that one, there are 10 different reindeer with completely different names. Oh. So the principal reindeer were named Flossie and Glossy. Okay. And then Santa allegedly had gathered eight other ones that were called uh, Racer and Pacer, Fearless and Peerless, Ready and Steady, and my favorite, Feckless and Speckless. <laughs> Wait, I actually like these much better than the, the eight that we know. I think I do too. I just love the idea of like, oh, Feckler and Speckler. Is that, is that, is that Feckless? <laughs> Feckless? Is that what it is? Feckless? I love referring to people as feckless. I don't even know what that means. Um, is it just slang? No. Feckless to be like a, a feckless means like a without... Um, I'm going to double check. Okay, because go ahead. I refer to Danny as feckless all the time. Do you? Really? I, I've never heard that. I, just because I know that Meg has always laughed at it. Those are really, really good. Um, I, I like I like the 10 new reindeer names that I just learned from you. From much, L. Frank Baum? Yes, much oh. more than the... So, feckless means lacking initiative or strength of character. <laughs> Irres- irresponsible. A feckless mama's boy is I what the example is. I will be using that from here on out to, when to I want f- to insult people. Absolutely. You feckless swine. <laughs> That's great. <gasps> oh, goodness. Are you going to have some uh, crack? I think I will. Tell have me some. your next fact in the meantime. So, I... Man... Like I said earlier, you know, close to 60 countries around the world celebrate some form or origin of Christmas. And honestly, from what I found, some of them are much more questionable than you would imagine. But I'm going to start with one that everyone knows very well. Mm -hmm. You know Krampus. Oh, yeah. You know about Krampus. So this is an Austrian um, fable, I guess, if you want to call it. Krampus is a horned, hairy beast that snatches misbehaving children up in the middle of the night and puts them in his wicker basket. Love it. I don't know why the Love basket it. is wicker, but that that's where we are. So I didn't know this, but many Austrian towns celebrate something called Krampusnacht, which is, oh. a, which is a night, uh, it's December 5th, where dozens of men roam the streets dressed as Krampus. What if... And they like, you know, carry around, they brandish a stick and sometimes a basket because apparently Krampus's thing was he would like smack children's behinds with his stick. We're finding that the children are too happy. (laughs) Yeah, what what can we do to make it much, much more horrible? How does one break the spirit of a child to understand that there are rules? There are regulations. Und? Und? There are consequences for one's actions other than coal. What is coal? A source of heat. When you are a child, you deserve no heat. I would like to share. Yes. M- I was... Mr. Ertula? I would, I would like to share. I was Please. Four, I was four years old and my parents gave me coal. Really? And I cried. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cried. Cried my eyes out. I think I was given coal like older in life. Yes, I was much older when I first got coal and I was like, oh, well, this tracks. I think I figured out why I don't like Christmas. Oh, I was I was traumatized as a four year old. Hear that, mom and dad? Hear that? You hear that? that? I know you're listening. 
You're you're the reason why. It's so funny. My parents have always said whenever we've made jokes about ever going to like therapy, my mother has always goes, "Why? They're just gonna tell you it's our fault to begin with." <laughs> That's accurate. Thanks, There's... mom. Do it. Can I? Can I do one more? Uh, quick, weird tradition around the world. Yeah. So when the in the Ukraine, spiders are actually uh, considered symbols of good luck at Christmas. Oh, really? And believe it or not. Families often attach a spiderweb ornament to their tree hmm. because way back in the day, there was an old Ukrainian fable that spiders once spun a web to decorate a Christmas tree for a widow who was too poor to buy ornaments to furnish it herself. Oh. So in the middle of the night, um, in, you know, in the fable, the mom and the two children went to sleep and during the day, the spiders had heard the um, the conversation they were having that they couldn't decorate the tree because they were too poor to afford the ornaments. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the night, a bunch of spiders that lived in the house came out, spun webs around this tree to make it ornate. And then, you know, when they woke up in the morning, the family was like, oh, my God, someone decorated a tree. But yeah, the spiders are a symbol of good luck in the Ukraine. I love that because, you know, I love spiders. You That you do. Yeah. That's... <laughs> are you going to tell a story? I feel like you have to tell a story. So if you remember from our last episode, as I slur that all together, if you remember from our last episode, I was mentioning how I like sparrows and I have a sparrow tattoo. Yeah. Um, and that is primarily due to the song Sparrow from Simon and Garfunkel. And it's also due to the fact is that when I had first studied abroad in Italy, um, we didn't have screens on the windows. Um, and it was very hot. It was July. So very hot it was from what you told me. It was very hot. Yeah. So we would keep the windows open and everybody would complain about having moths and, you know, bugs flying into their window. Bees, whatever. Yeah. Except for me. And it's because of the fact is that there was a daddy long legs who had like built you know, uh, spun a web in the corner of the room right next to the window, uh, and he would catch all of the spiders. I'm sorry, he would catch all the bugs flying in, and I had named him Sparrow because nobody else like liked the idea of having having him around. And I had grown very attached to this spider, Sparrow. And yep, spider named Sparrow. And at one point, at one point. One of our good friends, our buddy Mike, was in the room just above mine. And it was odd the way that it was set up, but he was in the room above mine. And he had known about, you know, Sparrow. And at one point, I'm like in my room and I was either doing homework or I was laying down and I hear front, Nick, your spider friend is in my fucking room. And if you don't come and get him, I'm going to kill him. I ran up the stores and I'm going, no, no, no. Don't. So I grabbed Sparrow and I put him on my hand and I brought him back downstairs and I was like, that's okay. No one loves you. No one wants to have you here, but I love you. And I put him right back in his in his little corner. You had a wild time in Italy that, yes. that summer. Yes, I did. I hitchhiked at a one wild, point. Wild time. Yep. Yeah. I had a I had an interesting, interesting time. Engaged and the not engaged. What a time. Do you mind if I do my last uh, yeah. weird tradition? Do you want me to tell you real quick? About the Rockefeller Center tree? Do I? I d- oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> so, because I was trying to think about, like, again, you know, there is so much stuff with Christmas. And I was trying to think, what are some, like, quintessentially very, very Christmas? Topic. Yeah, Christmas sure. things. Um, so I found out, again, about the, or looked into the Rockefeller Christmas tree. So, if anything, the tree is set up in mid uh, November, and then it's lit the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. Uh, and it's always lit by the current mayor of New York, uh, as well as the CEO and president of Tishman Spire. Um, they're a real estate company. I guess they're okay. who owns Rockefeller Center at this point. Okay. Uh, and a couple of other like special guests. So usually the tree is a Norway spruce, and it ranges between 69 and 100 feet tall. So the first tree itself, though, was put up in 1931, and it was actually put up and decorated by Italian-American workers and construction workers who had been building Rockefeller Center, and they were the first ones to go ahead and actually put it together, and it was a 20-foot-tall balsam fir, and if you take a look right over there, that oh, is the first, I, know, I wish it was oh, better. Oh, it's so sad. It's so sad, uh, but it was decorated with, like, paper garland and cranberry garland you know it's that's a very sad looking tree but they all if you notice they all lined up to go ahead and actually like contribute money to it oh once they had done that that's what spurred the tradition so the first um official then tree lighting was in 1933 and it was a 50 foot tree um so during then the the war uh world war ii the tree was unlit due to blackout regulations. They weren't allowed to light the tree at all. Um, as the tree then got bigger and bigger over the years, at one point it got to the point where it would take 20 workers nine days to go ahead and actually decorate the tree in entirety. Whoa. It was first televised uh, on NBC in 1951 on the, the Kate Smith show. Um, are oh, you? I know. Do you know hockey at all? Not much. I was going to say, Kate Smith, I know just because, again, it's from something in my classes. Uh, she sang the version of, like, God Bless America that's played at the start of every Penguins game. Oh. So. Uh, and now the trees had always been, like, scouted out. Um, generally from, like, upstate New York and actually from, like, the tri-state area in general. And, in fact, uh, a number of the trees have come from New Jersey. And one town in New Jersey is tied for having supplied the most trees. So the, the, the most that any one particular town has ever uh, supplied is three. Oh. Do you know where the tree, uh, where the, which town? I'm going to just shot in the dark and say Howell because of the Casola Farms. No, it's actually Mawa. Oh, really? That's where I went to school. Yeah, Rambo. Yeah, Mawa. Mawa supplied three trees, three different years, and then it's tied with Suffern, Suffern, New York, which is the town directly next to Mawa on the other side oh, yeah, of the border. I forget it's right on the border. That's where we used to go and buy beer when uh, you couldn't right? because uh, it would be too late. So in, we used to hop across the border, uh, go and buy beer, and then pray that we wouldn't get caught coming back. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it beautiful is a very choice term but yes it was lovely it's a necessary thing how's that i i think i agree with that do you know where catalonia is catalonia yeah because i don't of course absolutely where is it? it's in spain that makes sense catalonia is in spain yeah they're the ones that are always trying to like break away from 
Spain in general. They want to be their own like country. Oh. Oh yeah, like Catalan is it's technically its own language and like Barcelona is in what would be considered Catalonia. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well this makes sense. They're insane. For whatever insane reason, Catalans observe not one but two poop based Christmas traditions. Oh. Yep, that's right. For everyone's sake, I did just one. We're, Thank we're, you. We're just doing one thing. I'm sorry. I'm having a piece of crack and That's I didn't okay. want to chew right in the microphone. That's some crack, Nick. It's fine. It's just, you know, so everyone knows we don't support drugs on the show. Especially not crack. Well, not all of them, but, you know. <laughs> there are some that are very <laughs> sexy. Aphrodisiacs, if you will. Sure. That's short. Sure. Anywho. So the Catalonians. Why do they love poo so much? I don't know. <laughs> but one of the... Uh, like staples, one of the staples around the holidays for Catalonians is something called the pooping log. Ah, that's what it's called. I mean, isn't that just a log log? <laughs> it's kind of redundant if you ask me. So it's the pooping log is a small log with a smile on its face and a blanket covering it for warmth. And it lives on the table during the month of December in the homes of the Catalans. What? Every night it is fed uh, sweets and nuts, you know, fed. Loosely. Yeah. Fed sweets and nuts. And then on Christmas Eve, it gets beaten with sticks and it poops out presents. I don't know. I I don't know how to respond to this. Yeah, I didn't know either. That's why I had to talk about it. Why did this... It didn't say, and I actually, I didn't go into the other one much, but it was, uh, I forget what the name was, but it's like a little figurine yeah. and it's a man with his drawers down, yeah, like in the crouched position. And I like wa- that's, that's their emblem for, for the holiday season. I want to make a full and, and blanketed apology to the people of Austria and the idea of Krampus and Ukraine and Ukraine. We've, well, we've, I was never upset with the Ukrainians. Oh, okay. They're 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 no, they're fine. We hit it. We hit rock bottom. But what? I don't know, man. I, I'm just trying to imagine, like, go and children, go beat the beat the caca de Navidad. Like, beat why? It. It why? Why do we believe that a, a man in a red suit with a gray beard? The man in the gray in the red suit is not shitting down my chimney. He's not. You're right. No. But he's always watching you, though. Yeah, which is a little pervy. It's a little pervy. A little pervy. Right. I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. You know, if we look into anything enough, we can make it look pervy. I'm pretty sure we can. Probably. Yeah. So I went ahead and decided to go around the world with you as well. Oh, good. So I had looked into... I. I had finished all my research, and I was like, you know what? I usually want to go around the world. Let me go ahead and just look one up or two up. Have you ever heard of, um, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, so you know, I apologize, but Galve Goat? G-A-V-L-E? Galve no. Goat? No. All right, so Galve Goat is uh, from Sweden. Okay. And it is a 13-meter tall, so that's about 42 and a half feet tall, Yule Goat. Um. And it is erected uh, for the advent every year. 
since 1966. It's one of their traditions. A tradition that came as a result of it is that every year, folks try to destroy it. It has... So since 1966, the goat was successfully burned down or destroyed nearly every single year that it was erected. Okay, so this isn't part of, of the tradition, but it's become part of it because someone keeps doing it. Exactly. Okay. So during the 1960s, it was burnt down the first year that it was built. So in 66 and then in 69. During the 1970s, it was destroyed every single year. So every, all, the entire decade, it never made it the full advent. Uh, and it was destroyed by either arson, being smashed to bits, hit by a car, collapsing, or being stolen. Who steals a 42-foot goat? The man who stole it was caught because of the fact is that he put it in his backyard. Like, stole it somehow and put it in his backyard. During the 1980s, it was destroyed by fire every single year except for 1981 and 1985. In the 90s, it only survived five years, although one, it was damaged on account of fireworks. In the 2000s, it only survived three years. In the 2010s, it only survived five years. Wow. One of my favorites is from... I believe that I kept this up. Um, give me two seconds here, and I will. It almost sounds like it's cursed. It just seems like someone had like burnt it down the first year, and that was kind of the way that it managed to, like, it almost become like an unspoken sort of tradition. All these copycats, bro. So my favorite, however, was from, and I, I decided I didn't write it down, so I, I'm going to the. The site itself. Oh, by the way. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I got everything from either Good Housekeeping, uh, History.com, Wikipedia, or a website called ChristmasFM.com. Yeah, I don't have my sources, so uh, just trust me. So, in... <laughs> it took like a half a second for me to process <laughs> that. In uh, 2005, it was burnt down, for example. It was burnt down... By unknown vandals reportedly dressed as Santa and the gingerbread man by <laughs> shooting a flaming arrow at the oh goat. God. Not even mad. The longest stint in terms of like a decade, the longest stint um, of it being erected and surviving was between 2017 and 2020. Okay. That's it. That's Since it. When, when did this start? In the 50s? 60, 66. So... Alex, what year is it now? This is why we can't have nice things. It's 2021. Right. It's 2021. Do you know what today's date is specifically? Today's the 17th? 18th? Today's the 18th. 18th. We are recording on the 18th of December. So I was doing this research last night. Yeah. Uh, it was burned down. First in the early hours of December the 12th, and then during the same weekend, a drunk person was caught trying to drunk, uh trying to jump the fences around the larger goat, and then the larger goat was burned down in the early hours of December 17th. Oh my God, literally uh, last night. Literally last night, it was burned to the ground in its annual tradition. Wow. Well, I mean, at least we're consistent, right? I, I think so. This is actually why we can't have nice things. Like, someone tries to do something nice, 
I don't know why they would pick a goat, but you know, construct a forty-two foot goat. It's the Swedes. We have the Yuletide goat. There was also, and this is like so off topic, but it, it's kind of on topic. Do you watch Big Mouth? Oh yeah. Okay, so in the most recent season, there's an episode where they're doing a Christmas episode, and you know the two Swedish twins, yes. the blondes. Yeah. They tell a story. I'm pretty sure it's about the 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 Rat King or the um. Yeah. The, yeah, 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 something like that. <laughs> Dying, dude. Like the Mongoose King. Yes. The Mongoose King. It's very much on par with this. That, when you when you started saying it, I was like, wait a second. Is he going to tell me a Mongoose King story? No. Because I thought that's where we were going. Just about the Yuletide Goat of Sweden. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of... It's right there. I like it. Yeah. I'm about it. Me too. Do you, I, I like... I like... Little acts of vandalism. I mean... That reminds me of the time where we were walking through Philadelphia. Oh, my God. You know exactly what I was going to say? I didn't know until you until said, I, said I remember the one. We're going to have to bring on one one of these days. We're going to have to bring on Hector's friend. Um, well, because that little guy over there. Is from that night? It's from that night. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, I, yeah. I remember walking around the, the city of Philly trying to rip rearview mirrors off of cars um and when you say that i would like for the record to show that i despite my usual character said don't do that that's probably not a good idea yeah of all people when yep. if nick said that then i should have stopped right then and there and i will say that i did not rip any rearview mirrors <laughs> none off of you guys actually did because they're very hard to rip off you guys just actively threw your bodies at these things yeah. as you're walking down the street yeah. i instead managed to go ahead and swipe a 25 pound solid cement I rabbit i also slept on the floor that night and that was terrible well yeah i remember waking up and my hip was in so much pain. Nothing good happens in Philadelphia. That's true. And also that night, I think we went to go to a party. And by the time we got there, the keg was kicked. So like, I don't even remember what we actually did that night. Maybe go to a bar for like five minutes. Cool. I'm, brother, like I, I, w- I wish, I wish beyond wishes that I could help you. But I don't have any real memories of when we would go to Philly. That is uh, something I will not be saying at my wedding. For five hundred dollars, Alex. Maybe, maybe not you, but for for some other of us. But for an open bar and a fresh tuxedo, I'll take things I might bring up at Alex's wedding. For one hundred. For one hundred, because that's a really easy category. I like that one. I think that's going to be it for us, uh, Nick. You know, sad to say, we got to tell everyone that we will not be with you guys next week. No, we're taking a bit of a break, just a little bit of a break for the holidays. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, we need to recharge, and I'm sure you guys do too. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. Maybe we'll put together a little, like, uh, maybe we've got some other materials that uh, maybe. You know, we, we might pop up. You never know. But, it, you know, in the meantime, if you guys want to reach us, you can on Twitter at BeersN1 or on Instagram at BeersN Podcast and also on Gmail at, at Podcast at gmail.com. That's it. Beers, comments, suggestions, concerns. Concerns. Which I'm sure there are some. Critiques, but we're not going to look at those at all. Probably not. Nope. Just put that in the tagline so we can delete it right off. Uh, exactly. Right off the bat. And uh, uh, otherwise, uh, if we uh, if we don't get a chance to speak to you guys, please have a very merry Christmas. Yeah, have a happy holidays. Have, have a happy a s- and healthy. Happy healthy New Year. Be safe. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. Which is a very short list. Which is probably not a great place to have had that story about uh, <laughs> vandalism as well as uh, petty theft. As far as I'm concerned, uh, at I didn't the very end. Anything. 
Well, with that being said, Santa, he said he doesn't consider it vandalism. And I'm checking it twice. I'll see you in the new year. Yeah, you will. Goodbye. Goodbye. Beers End is hosted by Alex Chula and me, Nick Messina. Video producer is Mike Delavan. Original music is by Alex Chula. Sound effects have been provided by Zapsplat. And audio editing and producing is from me, Nick Messina. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Beers And wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Beers and Podcast and on Twitter at Beers and One. That's on Twitter at Beers and the number one. Or shoot us an email at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, Alex and I always want you to enjoy your beer safely and responsibly. Neither Alex nor myself have any affiliations with any of the breweries we sampled in this episode, be them legal affiliations or otherwise. If you have any questions or concerns, please email us at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. That's beers, the word and, podcast at gmail.com.